Good morning again, Clear Creek family. Day and as you're looking up here and you see seven elders up here trying to replace Josh Diggs, you kind of wonder what's going on today, right? Well, it will be a different time today, but I assure you we won't be doing this frequently, but it just uh, becomes time when I think we just need to talk with the congregation, and I first want to emphasize on behalf of the elders that we're proud to be a part of this church. Uh, It's important to us personally in our growth, but it also uh, gives us a sense of humbleness as we try to serve you and the responsibility that goes with it. But I believe today you'll get an opportunity to see the hearts of some of your elders. The instrumental music worship service was a difficult decision. And I can assure you it involved hours of study and discussion and prayer. But in the end, our love for Christ and the challenge that each of us read in Matthew chapter 28 said, we need to make this decision. I also want to emphasize that Josh has done an excellent job in conveying the decision that the elders have made to, number one, maintain the traditional a cappella service, but to add an instrumental service. However, there are times, I think, when the decision makers need to speak for themselves. And we believe that's one of, this is one of those times I know we have spent time individually with some of you uh, talking about your concerns or your pleasures with the decision we made, but we just felt it was time for us to speak to the whole congregation so you could hear directly from us. So today, we're going to spend some time in Scripture, we're going to spend some time in prayer, and then we will follow up with some discussions about the whys again and address some of the questions and concerns that you've expressed. And then uh, Daryl will close it out with his talking to you a little bit about what you, we think our role as elders are. Roy, will you start us off with a prayer? Let's pray together. Our Holy Father, we come before you this morning as your people here, your family here at Clear Creek. We want to acknowledge you, first of all, as our creator, the one and only true living God. And Father, you're the only one that is worthy of worship. Father, this morning we are mindful of the people of Ukraine. We pray for them this morning as they wake up to war every day and bombs falling around them. Father, we know that even this morning, Sunday morning, they were scared for their life, not just where, what they're going to eat or whether they can stay warm, but for their very life itself. And Father, we pray that those people, many of them, profess Christianity and are part of your household as well. We know that we have it very good 
and oftentimes take a lot for granted. But this morning we pray that you would look upon them and have compassion for them, the women and children and the members of the church that are there. And that you would put your hand over them and protect them. And Father, further we pray, like you've done times in the past, history, you have taken control of the situation and fixed it. And Father, we, we think it's out of our control, but it's not out of yours. You have the power, and you are the one and the only one in this world who has control. And we pray for you to take action for that. Father, we, we pray for focus this morning, for our hearts and minds to be focused on Jesus and how that he is everything that matters to us. He is our hope. Without him, we are lost because we cannot be perfect as he was. And without him, we have no way to get to you. He provides our bridge. And Father, we are eternally thankful for his gift. We pray for unity of faith. That is for all of us to be of one mind about following Jesus and doing as he did when he was on earth. That's what following means. We pray for us all to diligently pursue living for Jesus every day, not just on Sundays. We feel certain that we can only affect those around us where we work, where we shop, where we eat, play, when we display his characteristics of concern, love, and truth consistently, all the time, not just part of the time. Father, we pray for, <clears throat> for the Spirit to fill us. We need the Spirit on this, in this world because we are people of the flesh. We, we have the, the flesh tearing at us all the time. We know that we're only weak people and we're torn by our desires and our pride. And we need your forgiveness because of that every day. But we need a spirit to fill us so that we can, as Paul says in Galatians 5, we can have the fruits of that spirit living in us so that others can see it and realize that it's not of man, but it is from you that these things occur. Father, we, it's our prayer also that we can live in harmony together so that the kingdom of Christ can grow greatly here at Clear Creek and all across our city and around our area and even across the world. But we have to live in harmony for that to be effective. Father, we we pray that, that your wisdom will fill these men up here on this platform this morning. 
Fill them with wisdom so that your will will come forth. Your will will be known to everyone who is listening. And we can all move forward to accomplish the task you have laid before us. And that is to reach heaven ourselves with confidence that we took everyone we could with us. We long to stand before you, Father, and hear, well done, good and faithful servant. We offer this prayer in the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Larry's going to talk to us a little bit about us as a membership family here and the outside community which we're trying to reach and Bobby Ray is going to address again uh, the whys, what we think why it's important. So Larry, you want to start? My name is Larry Grant and I am a Clear Creek elder. I will tell you that I am still learning and growing and do not have all the answers. This morning I want to tell you some things that I know to be true. The leadership cares deeply for all members who attend here. We also care and are concerned for people in Chattanooga who do not know Jesus and are without hope. One of our largest budget items is our youth. We, is, we are concerned that they learn and connect to Jesus and what he has done for them on the cross. One of the reasons that we have made this decision to add an instrumental service is because it will meet the needs of many of our members who have a deep love of music. We know that instrumental music will appeal to young people as well as non-members who have a love of instrumental music. We know that for many of you, instrumental music has no appeal, and we will continue to have an a cappella service. We, are, we care and are concerned that you continue to worship in a way and manner that are, you are accustomed to and you are comfortable with. The question has come up, will this divide us into two churches? All Christians, as Christians, we have a common connection to Jesus Christ. And it is because of Jesus our sins have been forgiven. And we have a promise of eternal life. We all have this promise, no matter which service we attend. It's our understanding that where other churches have added an instrumental service, it has not resulted in two churches. Again, I would say that we care for the members who attend, and your input and thoughts are important to this leadership. This church is made up of some who have been Christians for 50 years and some who were baptized this year we're made up of singles by choice singles due to the death of a spouse and singles as a result of divorce we're made up of many families of various ages every Sunday we have visitors who have no church background and we have those with different church backgrounds than the church of Christ we also have visitors from different cultural backgrounds. My point is, we are a diverse group of people with many likes and dislikes. 
And the question is, how do we deal with each other, with others who see things differently than I do? I want to answer, answer this question by telling you a story from Savannah Christian. This is a church in Savannah, Georgia, that has grown from 400 members to over 4,000 in a period of 15 years. They have a Sunday school class made up of members my age and older. They were asked the question, do you like the instrumental music at your church? They answered that they did not like it, but they accepted it because they knew that it brings the young people to church and it results in saved souls. I don't know about you, but I thought this was an amazing answer because it says that there may be things more important than what I want and desire. That is the saving of souls. I will put aside what I like and want if it will save souls. I must tell you that I am not big on changes, but if it results in others going to heaven, I will make whatever changes are needed as long as we're staying under the teaching of God's word, the Bible. As I began, I just want to reemphasize that we love you. We love this church family. We are family. God has blessed us. When he established the church, he knew we would need one another, and we do. We need each other. God has gifted each of us in different ways and positioned us where he has for our good and his glory. We realize that these conversations about this transition have led to a variety of feelings within many of us. Not everyone has experienced all of these, but some I know have, including sadness, anxiety, fear, confusion, frustration, but also excitement, anticipation, hopefulness, happiness. As family, wherever you are, we all must love one another, encourage one another, walk beside one another. Jesus' gospel is a one another gospel, and how we love each other announces to the world and to each of us that our God is different. He is love. When we choose Jesus in his way, we make much of him. This glorifies him. As disciples of Jesus, this should be our desire, to make much of him, to make him known because he is our everything, our hope, our life, our peace, our joy, all of the good things. So I want to try to address the question of why are we making this transition? God has called us to love him with everything, heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love one another as we love ourselves. Jesus has shown us what this looks like. He gave everything. And he loved everyone as he walked the earth. Every one. So as the leadership prayed, studied, and discussed this worship transition, our desire and goal has been and is for this church to love God with everything we have and to love one another, every person. Also, we know that Christ commanded us to go into our world and make disciples and baptize them and teach them to obey while understanding he is always with us. He is the one who always does the work through his spirit. We certainly must continue to love one another well in our own church family. 
Rejoice when someone is rejoicing. Weep when we're weeping. Encourage, counsel, and more. But God's purpose for our lives as followers of Jesus is to be a light in this world that helps us bring those who are spiritually dead without Jesus into a state of being spiritually alive in Christ. Without Jesus, we are dead. With him, we are alive. We are not moved from a state of being wrong to a state of being right. We're moved from death into life. Our hearts must be moved to be used by God's Spirit to participate in his rescuing work. So how does this have anything to do with adding an instrumental service? Matthew 9.12 says that healthy people don't need a doctor. The sick people do. There are many who have left churches of Christ and other churches for that matter or have never engaged in pursuing Jesus because of traditions or beliefs that intentionally or unintentionally communicated that we believe we were righteous because we were obeying correctly. And I just want to say that again. They leave sometimes because we have communicated that we believed we were righteous because we were obeying correctly. We are righteous only because of Jesus' work on the cross. The why has never been about the instrument. It is that the instrument has represented a dividing line between being righteous and not being righteous. We believe this minimizes the work Jesus did on the cross. It communicates that we must do more to be righteous in God's eyes. This thinking just never added up because we never could obey correctly or completely. So how does this help remove an obstacle to someone possibly coming to Jesus? Because it helps communicate the gospel that Jesus alone makes you righteous and acceptable to God. There is no checklist you must complete. What is this gospel? It is that Jesus will take you from death because of your sin into life. When you choose Jesus, Jesus enters your life and God sees Jesus, not you. We want the message that people hear when they meet our Clear Creek family out in the world or when they come into worship with us to be that Jesus is our everything. And when you really get to know him, he will lead you into the abundant life that you have always been seeking. Thank you and love you. As you have talked to this group today, I'm often reminded of John chapter 13 and verse 35 that says, By this, all people will know you're my disciples, if you love one another. And I believe we could add, including the lost. If you've been a part of the Churches of Christ for years like I have, or you've been talking to your neighbors and friends about your church family, I'm sure you've heard the comment that, you know, the Churches of Christ are noted as much for what they're against as what they're for. And I've often said, well, that doesn't apply to me. My friends and all, they know, they know who I am. But <clears throat> i got to share with you an email that Josh got on February the 6th from someone that visited the service here the first Sunday that he talked about this decision. He's not a member of the Churches of Christ, but he is a teacher of the Bible history in the Hickson School System. He says this, I was not raised in a Church of Christ fellowship. Prior to they, if you had asked me what the Church of Christ was about, I would say, number one, they love and know their Bible. 
And number two, they do not use instruments. That's the two things we're known for. After today, I would answer that question very differently. If asked who the Church of Christ is, I would continue to say, a people who love the Bible. My second would be that they are a fellowship who seek Jesus above all else, who allow their love for Jesus to speak in their worship, their traditions, and their mission statement, which I love, reaching the next person for Jesus. I will be praying for you and your church in the coming weeks. As a man who every day sees the kids in our community, I can attest there is a need for biblical literacy and for a genuine encounter with Jesus. Bart's going to respond to some of the questions and concerns that have been asked, and Daryl is going to close it out with uh, what we feel is our role here. And so, gentlemen, take off. Before I get started, I do want to just thank everybody so much for your prayers and concerns following my car accident that I had a few weeks ago. I've enjoyed uh, listening to many of your stories of of accidents, most much worse than mine. There are things like that that happen in our life that remind us just how temporary and changing life is. And we do live in an uncertain world. We have war raging, economic turmoil. And all of us have been affected over the last two years by COVID. It's no wonder that our stress and our worry and our fears are at an all-time high. Then, when all this stress your elders have added to your concerns by introducing changes to the worship here at Clear Creek, we could all debate the timing, but having been put off by COVID for two years, we just believed that the time had come to start. It's very important to remember that our hope does not come from our own strength. It doesn't come from governments. It doesn't come from money. Not in relationships with other people. Not even in the church or in elders. But our hope is in the Lord. I'm reminded of what Paul says in Romans 8, 38 and 39. For I'm convinced neither death nor life nor angels nor heavenly rulers nor things that are present nor things that come nor powers nor heights nor depth or anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Our hope is in the certainty of the resurrection. The resurrection proves Jesus' claims to be the living Son of God. So now as I dive in, I hope you will have a little bit of grace as I drink from my water bottle and try to answer some of your uh, questions that are a little bit difficult, a little bit touchy. So the first concern that we have... um, that we've heard or talked to people about is that we've taken our first step out on that slippery slope or begun to adopt progressivism. And as a follow-up question, how are we making sure that we're not moving in the wrong direction? Well, those of us that grew up in the church are very familiar with the slippery slope concept. That is that one decision leads to another that becomes more permissive and more sinful. And it's a scary thing because we do live in a world that calls sin good and good sin. But you should know that your elders are aware of this. And we're very sensitive to the danger and have no intention to stray off the narrow path that leads to Jesus. Concerning modern progressivism, you need to understand that your elders reject it completely. 
Modern progressivism denies the atonement, the deity of God, deity of Christ. They deny biblical authority or its inspiration. They even go so far as to deny the physical resurrection of Jesus, the very thing that our faith is founded on. Now, the primary way to prevent slipping into progressivism is being firmly committed to the Word of God. We stand under the Bible, and we affirm it as the inspired Word of God. We believe it's our primary source of knowledge about God, His Son Jesus, and His will for humankind. In addition, we submit to the chief shepherd, and we are keenly aware that we will one day give an account to him. During our studies, we pray constantly for God to give us wisdom. We aim to be better shepherds and keep and help each individual in the family grow. I made the mistake of not having the water bottle at first service, so forgive me. So the results of our study are position papers. We believe it's important to create papers to document our thought process and summarize our conclusions. We also want to lay out a biblical case for beliefs and have a convenient way to communicate these to anyone. We want to be as clear and transparent as possible. Over the years, we've created position papers on a variety of topics, and these are available upon request. Our basic beliefs a statement of faith, immoral behavior, confession and correction, instrumental music, special servants and deacons, and biblical interpretation. The leadership team is committed to the truth of God's word, and we want to glorify God with our decisions. We especially want to make sure that we're not a barrier to spiritual growth and outreach. Now, the second question that we've been asked is, what's next? I think there are two main concerns that you've brought up. One is the role of women in the church, and are we taking the name Church of Christ off the sign? Well, as part of our instrumental worship study, we included a short study on the role of women in the New Testament church. That study wasn't in-depth, and we had to pause that study. However, we do plan to study the issues, and we'll produce a position paper. We want to be able to give good answers to the questions that you're asking about women's roles. When we do pick that study back up, we will let you know and invite you all to participate too. At this time, we have no plans to make any changes. If you have any questions about this, please do feel free to ask. Now, as far as changing the name on the sign, we considered changing the name when we were preparing to move to this location from the Hickson Building. At that time, we decided to maintain our identity as a church of Christ. We concluded that we did not want to abandon our roots, but maintain the name and work hard towards changing some of the negative reputations that have been gained over the years. Having been raised or long-term members of the Churches of Christ, we are deeply committed to the good things that we inherit from our past. A deep abiding love for the Word a commitment to non-denominational governance and autonomy, just to name a few of those. But before I talk about what's really next, I do, want you to, I do want to ask, please don't speculate. Don't read anything into what I'm saying. And if you do have questions or concerns, please come talk to us. It's very difficult to answer 
some of these questions in short, short sound bites. So feel free to come ask. Now about the things that are really next. You need to know that your elders are committed to building the kingdom, but not bigger buildings. We have one of the largest auditoriums in the area, and pre-COVID it was full beyond capacity. COVID forced us to move to multiple services. As a family, we need to be comfortable with multiple services because we're committed to not building a bigger auditorium. Over the next few months, we'll be working to implement what we call the sandwich model on Sunday mornings. That is, two services with a class in between. It will require your help to be successful. We will have to change worship times. We'll need more volunteers for children, youth, and adult classes. And there will be many more opportunities for service as well. In addition, we're also considering ways to better utilize the space that we have today. How can we use the lobby and the cafe to create spaces for connection and to help people find where to go? We want to utilize the space we have to create more meeting rooms. And we ask, are we using this facility to best promote discipleship? And finally, we'll continue to focus on worship, service, and community. And the kind of worship that we want is Romans chapter 12 worship. That is, out of a response to the wonderful mercy of God, we present ourselves as living sacrifices. Yes, we want to continue to have a wonderful worship experience here, just like we did this morning singing some of these songs. It's amazing that uh, Alex knows old songs. But it's more important that we take our worship everywhere we go. Our worship is not just in this building, but it's in our everyday lives. Out of our worship, we move into service. And that is faith working through love. There we service opportunities as part of our corporate gathering. However, we want to serve in our neighborhoods, our workplaces, and where we play. Everywhere we go, we have opportunities to share our faith with others. And lastly, we want to continue to promote community through small groups. We believe this is the best way for a large congregation to care and provide for individuals. During COVID, some groups flourished and even grew. There were connections that were made that probably would not have happened otherwise. But your experience with groups may not be a positive one. I know my group has struggled over the last few years. During COVID, our small group was priceless. We met frequently on Zoom, praying together, studying the Bible, and encouraging one another in our walk. However, the extended separation, the loss of some family members who passed away, people moving out of town... And even the decisions here to make changes to worship style have strained our little small group to the point of breaking. Now is the time for us to revitalize our group. Now is the time for all of us to revitalize our groups. To our small group leaders, thank you so much for your service. Thank you for your leadership and the work that you give. I would encourage you not to be content with where you are right now. But make sure your group is growing. Get in the Word. Pray together. Look for ways to find and serve together. Invite people in. If you're a member of a struggling small group, get with your group leader and encourage one another. 
There's no better time than now to find a group, to start a group, or to invite someone to be plugged into your group. I do want to thank you so much for the opportunity to serve as an elder here. Thank you for being a part of this family. Let's not lose sight of the most important thing, and that is the man who died on the cross, Jesus Christ. Amen. He is the Son of God, our rock, our stability, and our Savior. It is in Him we put our trust and faith. I do invite you all to come along with us on this journey together. What is the elder's role and responsibilities? First, let's talk about what being an elder looks like and what we do. We meet twice each month and more when needed. Each meeting starts with scripture and prayer and for those we know who are struggling with illness and just sometimes life and issue, life, life in general. The first meeting of each month is primarily to discuss vision, issues, and progress on various topics we have been discussing and planning. This meeting is where Josh will tell us ideas for sermons reaching out three to six months, and we give input where needed. We rarely discuss finances. This is not a primary task of the elders as a whole. We have other well-qualified people that handle that task. Our primary focus during this meeting is discussing spiritual development of you and any help that we can be in, in that development. The second meeting of each month is focused on study. We read books that help us to be better elders, and we study a variety of biblical topics. And that's just our meetings. There's these men, they spend countless hours um, trying to, to help you with um, personal issues, with um, going to funerals, going to other places. So there's, uh, there's a lot more than just those two meetings. How are decisions made? First, regardless of the things we're discussing, we always seek God's guidance and wisdom. We ask the Holy Spirit to speak to us and through us. Second, we seek input from each other and from Josh and Jake, who together with the elders make up the leadership team. Occasionally, we seek outside church leaders when special circumstances arise, like hiring ministers. Third, we also listen to you when issues arise. One of the latest examples is the new texting service for emergency communications. Patricia Zundbrun asked us to look into this type of service, and now we are using a text service for some urgent communications. Make sure you sign up for that, by the way. Fourth, we seek consensus. Any decision we make is only affirmed when all members of the leadership team agree. Josh is then tasked with communicating these things publicly, and Jake communicates them to the staff. One comment we have heard has been concerning voting on issues. There may be issues where a vote or a poll would be okay. However, in this case, 
We believe it was our responsibility to make the decision as leaders on behalf of this congregation. We believe a poll would not be appropriate. Let me explain. In making decisions concerning biblical issues, polls are not scriptural. We believe that a poll would have created stronger division on this issue. We do not want this to be an us versus them issue. To promote unity, we believe it is best for us to make the decision and in doing so, take the responsibility for it. We feel it is our responsibility to lead. With God as our guide, we believe we are to lead the church into a greater understanding of God's will for us and this church. Sometimes those decisions will stretch us and maybe make us uncomfortable at times, but are always intended to grow us. These decisions will also always include a component of Luke 19.10, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. As elders, we are charged with some duties and responsibilities. Listen up. We are not God. We are not Jesus. We always stand under the authority of God the Father and Jesus the Son. Titus 1.7 says we are to manage God's household. Hebrews 13.17 says because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. Two things we take very seriously is your spiritual well-being and reaching the lost. In my personal study, I was reading uh, Jude the other day, and and this one just kind of spoke to me. Jude 1, 20 through 24, sums it up very well. But you, dear friends, by building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. Be merciful to those who doubt. Save others by snatching them from the fire. To others show mercy, mixed with fear, hating even the clothing stained by corrupted flesh. To him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. To the only God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ, our Lord, before all ages, now and forevermore. Amen. Amen. Now, I'm actually going to deviate from what I was going to say just for a moment because, um, because I'm last. And I can, and these guys are going, what in the world is going on? But I'm just going to tell you, as I'm sitting up here and I was the last one and I'm looking out across you guys, um, I am just overwhelmed by um, just the, the, the talent, the, um, I, I know you guys, some of you folks just love people. Um, we've got teachers, we've got um, Um, spiritual teachers. We've got some others in here and I'm just looking out and I'm overwhelmed by, by you guys. And, um, and, and what we want for this church is for you to love each other. Well, 
and to love those around us um, because we want God to use us to make his kingdom bigger. And, um, and like one of the guys said, to bring as many with us as we can. And that's what we are all about. So anyway, I just pulled over and parked. I'm sorry. You don't want that. We love you. These guys love you. And we want you to live richly in the grace of Jesus Christ. We want all of us to tell our friends, our neighbors, our co-workers, and people we don't even know yet the good news. So they can experience the healing power and live in his grace too. It is not right. It is not right. And it is not Jesus' desire for us to keep what we have to ourselves. We recognize and appreciate that this decision is very difficult for a number of us, including your elders and our respective families. We also know that, as Larry pointed out, we're a diverse congregation, and we would hope to become more diverse as we go along. With that comes different needs and preferences. And I just know in the conversations we've had with you, we've seen both ex- ex- extremes. Some of us have said, what took you so long? It's now much easier for me to share my faith with my neighbors. On the other hand, we've heard, wow, what in the world are you guys doing? We want, we want you to know we respect your position, whatever it is. <clears throat> It's not our job to judge you. It's our job to love you and to help you in your spiritual walk. And that's what we hope to do. In closing, I'd just like to remind you that the positions papers that uh, Bart talked about, they're available. There's copies out in the lobby and there's on the website. There's no secrets. We want you to understand what they are. We also want you to know that if you've got some needs, whether it's prayer or you want to know more of what it takes to be a part of God's family, Uh, We'll be down here, Josh will be out in the lobby, and we'll be glad to take care of that. Again, thank you for your attention, and I'd just like to close this portion with a prayer, and then Bobby Golden will do the communion service for us. Father, I just thank you for this church. I thank you for the time that we've had together today, and I just hope we have all been enlightened to some degree. I want to thank you for each member of this family, and may we all grow in our understanding and our love for you. As elders, we desperately need your wisdom and guidance. Prod us never to forget that. Help us to be patient and loving so the world may see you in us. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.